It's that time of week, the time you've been waiting for. It's time for Goat Gab, a weekly podcast about all things in the dairy goat industry. Sit back and enjoy an hour or so with your hosts, Laura Warren Hughes and Cameron Jedlowski, as we talk about ideas and topics that matter to the dairy goat world. Welcome back, Goat Gabbers, to another episode of Goat Gab. We're so glad to be with you again this week. Um, as always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Laura Warren-Hughes. And I'm the other co-host, uh, Cameron. And um, yeah, we, we again, we apologize for being late. Or, um, or are we timely now? <laughs> but- well, or... Or, or just just the fact that we weren't with you last week, and uh, we hope you took advantage of being able to uh, go through maybe some of our former podcasts that Cameron post, posted for you all. It's just a busy time of year for everybody, and I think I think you all can kind of understand that. Yeah, I will tell you that I am uh, in the middle of uh, battling my wife's schedule with everything more than and the goat's schedule and my schedule. And Laura, you're in the middle of planning a show. Yes, we have a, a big Memorial Day show this weekend, and I'm one of the co-chairs for it. And and uh, yeah, so just you know, neck deep in show planning, and and it's fun and it's exciting, and I can't wait. And there's always that niggling thought in the back of your mind that something's going to go wrong, or you've forgotten some major detail, and and I don't want that to happen. So anyway, it's just it's just been busy on top of milking machine problems and things at work, and you know sometimes life just gets in the way of doing what you want to do. So I guess that's our way of saying to our listeners that we do really appreciate you, and we're sorry if we let you down because we weren't there last week, but we are back this week. Yeah, and I you know I was scrolling through. Um, some I don't, I was bored or something. I was scrolling through some of the comments on the podcast on Apple iTunes and um, Apple Podcasts, excuse me. And it was like, I wish these guys were just a little more consistent. And I'll be honest with you, I wish we were too. But by golly, like with with my my life going every different direction, Laura's life going every which direction that's opposite of mine, uh, it's hard to find time some weeks. And for those of you who who haven't really stopped to think about what's behind a podcast, um, you know, when you listen to us, we're we're with you for just around an hour each episode we do. But you got to realize, too, that behind that hour, there's a lot of prep work that goes into it. And then there's editing that goes into it and and not doing this for a woe is me or anything like that at all. But um if you listen to this podcast, you probably listen to a lot of other podcasts. So uh, just reach out and let them know how much you appreciate the work that goes in behind it, because it, it is a lot of work. And my hat is definitely off to our friends that, that are out there every week with the podcasts that they produce. And and we're just going to say, we're just going to do the very best that we can for you to make sure that we have a consistent, high quality product with um, topics that are really timely to the dairy goat industry. And, and we're just going to do the best that we can. So please accept our apology for, for the weeks that we do miss and just know that we're trying to do our very best for you. That's then that's all we can do is do our very best. And I'm sorry if we disappoint anybody, Um, but nonetheless, Laura milk machine woes, you got your big show next weekend. Anything else? No, just, um, we are, you know, it's, it's that time of year for us. We're really doing the, 
culty a cry. And um, you know, we were milking more does than we've ever milked before. And I know that for many of our listeners, milking 17 goats doesn't sound like a lot. Um, for us, it is. And that's the most that we've ever milked. And, and we really are dedicated to get down, getting down to the number 10. And that will be the least number of goats that we've milked for quite a while. And, and it's a very doable number. So um, that's, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to say goodbye to some goats. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later too, but that's really the main things here. Um, you know, making sure that everybody's registered, helping members with registration problems and just all those lovely things that come along with being part of the Dairy Goat Association. And, and it's, it is a lovely thing. So what yeah. about you? Tina? I've been fielding a lot of those questions too here um, on, you know, NG stuff, getting stamp duplicates, all sorts of stuff there. And if you're listening to this podcast, you might thank me. You might skip over this or fast forward this, but I want to go through the steps that you can pull as a listener in your NG account to print a stamp duplicate, to print a stamp duplicate. All you have to do, is go click on the registration, the goat's net registration number that's in blue. Scroll all the way down to reports, I do believe, and then you will see if it's been within thirty days a stamp duplicate. You can print that stamp duplicate off off from there and utilize that in order for your show. If it does not show up in your email, it's three clicks. It's not that hard. And again, I think that's just really valuable information that everyone should know in case their paper doesn't spit through on their email. So and I'm going to add on to that, Cameron, something that you taught me last week or so. If you have not received your ADGA registration paper, the actual one, either the blue paper or a brown paper if it's a grade, okay, and you're wondering, why haven't I gotten this? Did it get sent and I missed it somehow or whatever? Um, if you click back on that animal and you're currently on list and scroll all the way down to certificates and click on that button, that's on the left-hand side. Then at the bottom of your screen, it should tell you what date the actual certificate was printed and mailed to you. And um, if there's not a date there, then I would be getting in touch with Adga via a ticket and let them know, hey, you never sent me this paper. Yeah, it's that easy. And Laura, did that rectify your situation? Well, I put a ticket in. Um, it's actually a kid that your dad has. So oh. I, I'm still kind of waiting to see how that's going to work out. So oh. um, anyway, um, she's yeah. definitely registered. I just don't have papers on her. So I, I guess he will not be uh, showing her. Uh, next weekend no no he has has a stamp duplicate oh okay no he wasn't going to show her anyway um but um well that's that's good to know yes for the listeners that don't know my dad bought a goat from laura um so uh, i guess we we could be a goat gab syndicate now yes (laughs) anyway but yeah so that was like totally helpful to me because um I realized that I was missing papers on another goat that I registered a couple of years ago and was able to use that to kind of track down what was going on. So very, very cool. Very good thing to know. And for our listeners, if you have discovered tips and tricks that maybe we don't know about, share them with us. We'll be glad to share them. Yeah, absolutely. I would love that there. 
But additionally on that, um, we've got most of the goats registered, except one. I think we're, we've got one goat left to kids. She's supposed to kid next week, and I think, no, two weeks. Um, my wife and I were going back and forth on what actually was her bread date, because allegedly it had not been updated in the spreadsheet. So we might not know the date she was bred, and we might not know who the dad is, but she's definitely pregnant, so that's that's the cool part. Um, Very so, good. But, yeah, other than that, um, I just – I don't know. I, we're going to get into it a little bit. But the farm has, has been less than stellar over the last couple of weeks, um, just fighting all sorts of stuff. And, and it kind of – it definitely really inspired our topic this week, which is interesting. Um, so we're, we'll, we'll get on to what's happening with my farm when we talk about that. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later. Sounds perfect. Do we have any ad good news to go over? No. If you have national show sponsorship and you want to do that, um, I think the only breeds that are fully sponsored are Toggenbergs, Alpines, and Nigerian Dwarfs. So feel free to reach out to the national show committee on that and get that um, in contact with them um, for that. I think that's the only big thing I know of happening in the ADGA world right now. Have you had an opportunity to use the new jot form for does that have finished their championships? I did. I did. Very easy. Okay. Good. Good. Laura, did you use it? I have not used it yet. So um, I I need to go back and do some digging around to, to figure out which shows that I've gotten legs at for a couple of goats. But um, everybody that I've talked to that has used it is singing the praises. So Thank you, Adga. This was a huge win. Yeah, so Laura, let's let's talk about this because I want I want to paint a picture for the listeners here. Laura, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you. I'm not quiz you. Okay. Laura, you went to a goat show last weekend, correct? I did, yes. And you had a very successful show, correct? We did, yes. You had a doe that was grand champion twice, and there was the minimum number of goats required in order to meet a leg, correct? That's correct. And this doe also had her junior leg, correct? That is correct. So she could qualify for a permanent champion status right now. Absolutely. And honestly, let's let's use that doe as an example. Let's say that she finished in two rings on Saturday and this maybe this show also had a Sunday show. I could have gone home or gone to my laptop and filled out that jot form and printed the form out, and she could have shown in Champion Challenge on Sunday. Yes, she could have. Yep. That is, like, so cool. I think this is one of the most member-friendly policies I've seen from ADGA in a long time. And I get it. I, I would call Laura and I entrenched in the ADGA camp. Does that make sense, Laura? Yes, yes, definitely. And, but, like... We, ADGA, has been known in the past to not necessarily always have the most friendly policies or convoluted policies that are rooted in tradition and history. However, this, to me, is a game changer. And to me as well, this sets a precedent that could potentially be looked to even more member-friendly policies as well there. Additionally on that, I would love for this to stay. I would love for this to be all beyond NG and the, and the failures that NG has created. I think this is a super great thing. This doesn't just help exhibitors out. 
This helps shows out as well and allows them to potentially increase their numbers by having more dose in their champion challenge class. To me, one of my very favorite things about going to a show, and it's why, okay, let's face it, it's nice to go to a small show, especially if it's easier to get legs. But in my heart, there is nothing that is more fun than going to a large show and watching five, six, seven permanent champion does walk into the ring in all their glory. It just, it almost makes me want to cry. And I know that sounds really hokey to say it that way. But to me, I'm like, yes, this is like the World Dairy Expo of dairy goats. You know, when you see, when you see those beautiful finished champions, some of them are old and maybe a little bit past their prime, but they're still beautiful. And others are, you know, just the epitome of what you want for that breed. I don't think there's anything more beautiful than that. So the more people that can show animals sooner in champion challenge classes, the better I think it is. And, and I think this as well. I think about, um, you know, I've got four Alpine breeders around me, or three other Alpine breeders around me, including myself that are uh, towards the, the top of the Alpine breed. When you say Laura, between the, uh-huh. herd, the 15 minutes North of me, the one in Minnesota, the one in Iowa, myself and my dad, Yep. And, and I think about that as an opportunity that, Hey, we can continue to get goats on legs, but also we can still show our best goats of that year because we have to remember that sometimes this is the only year that that goat looks to the level that she needs to be at. Exactly. And that's, you know, that was one of the things I was, I was kind of joking with my daughter, Elizabeth, this past weekend. Um, when we got the first leg, I was like, uh, I wonder if I should scratch her for the other ring. And Elizabeth kind of looked at me like, are you insane? I said, well, cause I don't want to finish her. <laughs> you know, I don't want to finish her. I want to, I want to show her some more, you know, this is, this is fun. And, and she's a young doe and I'd like to continue showing her. And then something popped into my head that a very wise mentor of mine from eons ago, uh, his name was John Brown. He had a, a herd of Alpine dairy goats called Utter Way that were very successful in the 80s and early 90s. John said to me, Laura, if you can finish a goat, you finish that goat. Just because of what you said, Cameron, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. She could break her leg. She could have a, a puncture to her udder and lose half the function of her udder. You just don't know. So uh, I connect. I want to connect the dots here. John Brown, Utter Way. New Era's Kane, correct? Is that yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Okay, yep. For all the New Era's Kane was. Here. I know it was the he was the 1988 Alpine Premier Sire, and probably other years after that. But I I believe 88 was was one year that he was. Uh, so okay, okay, okay. Well, that's one thing as well. There. So Laura, let me let me follow up on this discussion. One more thing here on the job form. Um, are you looking at taking this goat to do champion challenge next week, because that is an option now. I don't know. Okay. You don't know. I don't know. And, and, and actually, okay, let's unpack this a little bit more. Okay. Because I think that this is, I think this is a good discussion maybe for our listeners to think about, you know, I, I think I know that I have been vocal. I believe that you have been vocal too, Cameron, about the fact that, you know, if you have a goat to show, show that goat before this champion challenge thing was an option. 
show it. Even if it's a finished goat, if you want to show that goat, take it out there and show it. In the case of this doe, she's two. She is a two-year-old. Putting her as a two-year-old, and she looks like a two-year-old. She's not like an overly mature-looking animal. She is a very pretty, very nice, everything that I'd like to see in a two-year-old, two-year-old. But she's two. So is it to her advantage to put her in a champion challenge class where she's competing against eight-year-olds? Maybe. If she looks better than the eight-year-olds, yeah. And I know exactly what your kids are going to say. They're going to be like, Bob, we should have brought uh, XYZ Goat because she would have won this champion challenge class because she looks better than these other challenge does. They could. But they could also say she looks like a baby against those challenge does. And in my case, I have two other does that I want to put in challenge. And one is a five-year-old and one is an eight-year-old. So, you know, do I think that this two-year-old could beat those does? No. Do I think she should beat them? No. She's, she's not at that point yet, you know? So I think that, I think that when you, when you consider where you want to put your animals and you also have to think about the show and, and about, you know, what you're showing for, I'm showing to, to show my animals off at their best advantage and, People might remember a really pretty first place two-year-old doe. They're probably not going to remember a fourth place champion challenge doe, you know? Yeah, that's, that's correct there. You you hit the nail on the head there with that. I'm thinking about packing – we have this really pretty three-year-old doe. And I don't want to cross my fingers or anything, but I think I might add it to the pack list of printer for this next week. And <laughs> Because if, you know, she would finish in, you know, three rings, four or, you know, two rings, one ring, I could take her, fill out the jolt form, print it out at the show and move her in a champion challenge. You're right. Absolutely. That, I mean, and that's, again, I agree with you, Cameron, with what you said. I hope that this is something that stays on after NG gets its problems worked out. And honestly, I don't see how they could not do it. I, I don't I don't feel like that this is a horse you can make go back to the barn once it's been let out. I think I think once you've done this, it's going to have to be this way. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly there. And it's a great policy. It really, really is. And it helps goat shows. Yes. And that's what we want. We want more shows and we want more competition. And we want people to enjoy showing off their beautiful animals and, and showing what their breeding programs are, are doing. So, yeah. Correct there. So, you know, I'm excited for this. I really am. I've the first day I was calculating all of my wins and, and all sorts of stuff and going back on things, looking at judges, all sorts of stuff there on that in order to get that here. Print their certificates off. They're in the book. I have no intention currently of showing any of my goats in Champion Challenge because they're not going to leave the farm. Um, but that being said, it is an option though. Right. And, and it's an option that you can hold, that you can hold back. And, and, you know, for those who have fares that are forward thinking and pay extra premiums for champion challenge, that can also give you a little bit of hay money for next year. So bingo, that's where I'm thinking it there, knowing that, Hey, I've got, you know, I've got three, four year olds, for example, one is a permanent champion, two aren't. I'm going to take that one and I'm going to put her in the champion challenge class because of that option now. And I'm going to make more money because of it. Absolutely. Yep. So. So yeah, that's, that's where that is. I mean, it's a great thing. I could probably talk about this for hours, but again, it is a great tool in the toolbox to have 
for for our exhibitors there. And I'm going to applaud Adga and um, the board of directors for making this decision. Yes, thank thank you, Adga. Our EC, we put a lot of work into getting this this finalized, and it's just slick. So I think it's I think it's just things are looking up. I feel like if if I was going to summarize how I'm feeling about Adga, I think things are looking up. Yeah, absolutely. Help is on the way. Um, there, as Mrs. Doubtfire would say. <laughs> All right, Laura, were you ready for the main topic of the week? I am ready. Let's you know dive what? into it. It's an interesting one. And um, Laura and I were talking, and, and she texted me the other day, and she was like, what are we thinking for this week? And I was like, Laura, like, I'm in a rage right now of my goats. I, I don't like them. They're being mean. They're getting out of their pen. They're, they're for lack of better terms, just pissing me off. Excuse my language, but they were making me mad. So because of that, I was like, I, I, Laura, I can't think about this right now. And then you were like, I get it. I understand. Let's talk some other time. And I responded with, like, I just don't understand. And then you came with, like, a response of, my goats are making me mad too or something like that. It was, I think it was fanfare was knocking off her mineral tray, right? Oh, my gosh. You know those, you know those minerals that have, like, the two little holes kind of in the bottom and you pull the top off of it and then – Fill the top with mineral and it filters down to the little holes. Yeah. Okay. That's what I have in there. And and I just bought some really nice, expensive mineral mm-hmm. and filled it up. And Fanfare stands there and takes her front foot and paws in the mineral thing. And it's on a on a cattle panel, so it kind of bounces back and forth just to knock the mineral out of the feeder onto the ground. There is no earthly purpose why she does this. Um, you know, and it's not, it's, I mean, she really has to crank that foot up to get it because it's about, it's about neck high for a goat. So she's really working hard to do this. But the, the more I stopped her from doing it, she'd just stand there and look at me. And as soon as I turned my back, she was right at it again. And she, she dumped all that mineral out of that mineral feeder. So, without further ado, this week's topic is, I hate goats. (laughs) Which you're like, okay, this is a podcast about goats. Why do they hate goats? Exactly. Because to me, goats are like some of the most infuriating creatures, like this side of the Mississippi and probably the other side of the Mississippi as well, because they're just so dumb sometimes. Or is it that they're so smart that that they just outsmart anything that we try to mitigate their smartness with. I don't know. They are just, uh, they yeah. make a fit to be tied. So in my rage, when we discussed, when we said the halo to this topic, I came up with five things I hate about my goats. And uh-huh. this isn't to rant. This episode's not to rant. This episode's not to solve problems. This episode is about saying, Hey, we know what problems you deal with. We're here to sympathize with you. And we're here to talk about the things that we hate about goats. Because if it's happened in my barn, Laura, it's probably happened in your barn. Exactly. And and we don't want anybody to think that, A, we have all the answers because we sure as heck don't. And B, that everything in our barns or our herds are sunshine and flowers and that we never have frustrations and things that make us 
angry and think, is this even worth it? Yes. So for me, my, my, I'll, I'll dig into this here. And I think Laura, you've got, I got some things to contribute to this as well is the one, the first thing I absolutely loathe about my goats is that the, some of these animals are just so fickle about change, about anything. I mean, you fart and, or the wind blows, they fart the wrong way, they die, or by golly, they go off feed, or they, they stop milking, or one side goes uneven, and I just don't understand why. Yeah. Oh, no, I hear you there. Uh-huh. And so for those listeners that aren't on my Snapchat, I've I've got like a slew of goats that are like uneven. Like I, I don't understand why. I don't understand how. Is it my conditions? Is it you know? Is it utter health? Is it all sorts of stuff there that we've treated them for mastitis? We've you know I apply utter um, uttermint every single day. Like I don't understand what we're doing wrong. But by golly, I think there's four or five of them that that are just uneven, and it just salts my pretzels. So is it enough uneven that you can work with it or is it just uneven, just, uh, I don't know what to do about this. I can't show it like this. There's some I can work with. There's others I cannot, and they will not be milking past appraisal and they will be working on, they will be in the experiment herd as I will call them, which I will talk about later on in the podcast. Um, but they, there, there are some of them like that. There are others like, you're our best goat, for example. Like we have to keep you milking. You're a great. You're a ten pound milker. Like you're gonna get your star. You're a very competitive show doe. You're a you're a nine minimum ninety point goat. Like we have to keep you milking. But I just don't understand. Like you do everything right, and good golly, like one thing changes and the wind blows and they go off feed. Yeah, I I hear you. Or they get the least little bit sick one day. Like we've had problems with with um, scours, and this has been a problem for the past several years with different does. But one doe in particular, she is now a four year old now, and when she freshens and comes into milk, I always think this this is her year. This is it. She is so beautiful. This udder is everything that I want in my herd. It's it's capacious. It's high. It's wide. It's productive. She's beautiful teat delineation. She has a perfect medial. She has a four udder that goes on um, to New Mexico. It's beautiful, beautiful udder. And then we get cold, rainy weather, or we change hay. That's on my list. <laughs> Something. Something screws up the homeostasis in her life, to use one of your terms, Cameron. Mm -hmm. And she's got horrible scours. And the first hint I have about it is she won't come up to be milked. So I have to go find her. And I find her in a corner somewhere, all curled up, and she stands up and her whole back end is full of poop. And I'm like, great, here we go again. And so we get the scours fixed in a day or two. Never figure out what's wrong with her. And she never gets back to the production that she had, ever. This is this is year number three for her to do, to do this. I I so I'm going to ask you this, Laura. Do you have a a good corner in your barn and a bad corner in your barn, or they're all bad corners? You mean like a a corner like if if a goat is hanging out in that corner, I know there's something wrong with that goat. Yes. Oh yeah, I have a bad I have bad corners and good corners. Absolutely. So, uh, I've got a bad quarter corner and then I've got a death corner. 
Like, Ooh. like I know if a goat is not right and hanging on that corner, bad thing. Like it is, it, it it is not going to be a good ending. Ah, so. even in the new barn. Like, have you thought about getting an exorcism or something like that? I really need. If, if anybody knows a medicine man in like southern Wisconsin, let me know because I would like them to come up to my house and and like cure the evil spirits away from my barn, please. Oh, um, gosh. But like, I, it's just like so fickle. Like we've had, Laura, you've had weird weather, right? Yes. And. Like it, one day it'll be eighty, the next day it'll be like sixty-five, and, and milk production just goes from you know zero to sixty back down to zero. Yeah, and that's how do you, how do you how do you take care of animals in that kind of weather? Yeah, and it's like you do the same thing, and it's and it's temperature outside, it's temperature in the barn, it's it's you know weather changes. Well, you can't control that. Well, if you put them all inside, what what are you going to do about the ammonia levels? You know, it's. It, if it gets too hot in the barn, the ammonia levels get bad. If it gets too cold in the barn, the goats are cold then, and and you can't really clip the goats then as well. I mean, it's just like the inconsistency right now this year drives me bat shoot crazy. Like I'm, I'm I'm not even kidding. Well, and Cameron, you know, as you've talked on prior episodes, homeostasis is something that you work very hard to keep in your herd. Because that keeps everybody happy, you know, keeps the status quo. Let's just eat and sleep and make milk and, you know, just just repeat. Just keep doing that. And when, when you have things like this that come up, and weather is one of them, as you said, you can't control it. It just, you know that it's disrupting everything. And so then you can't make anybody happy. Yeah, it, it really, really does there. So. That's on my rant, Laura. What about you? What are you? Uh, what drives you absolutely crazy? And and why do you? <laughs> why do you hate your goats sometimes? Okay, so this is my probably my number one. How hard it is, and it kind of goes along with what you said, but how hard it is to maintain your herd in top condition. Like I was thinking the other day. Uh, you know, I've had I've had goats since the '80s, and and so back into goats as as a second time adult since 2009. You would think by now that it would be down to just do it in my sleep, easy peasy, but it's not. It's it's something is always contriving to get in the way. Like in my in my case. Inconsistency of hay in the Midwest is a huge issue, especially when you can't buy a whole bunch at one time. You know, so you might find a load of hay that is like perfect and your animals are going great guns and everybody looks fantastic. And then you run out of that hay. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, what's going on here? Or, um, you know, you don't have a lot of room to keep hay. So your hay guy tells you, oh, I'm going to cut next week. So you, continue feeding like you, you want to. And then all of a sudden uh, it rains and he's not able to put your hay up and then you're, you know, screwed. So I, you know, some of that is, is just my farm size and, and my buildings limitations, but it's just poor man's cow, my butt. That is it's just goats are just not a poor man's cow, especially I, if you want to keep them in show shape. And I will tell the listeners that I probably spend a stupid amount of money and I know I've probably figured up every two or three months how much 
on crap. Not just crap. My wife, my wife finds it, and I call it foo foo dust. Um, you know, we're on we're on a new mineral. It's blue. It turns the goat's mouths blue. So I'm like, okay, well that's you know that's fifty bucks for a bag of mineral. Laura, I'm I'm sure you feel the same way about a bag of mineral. Uh huh. And I love it, but it's weird. So foo foo dust number one there. You probably should have that foo foo dust. We've got now baking soda out, which is great. But again, that big fifty pound bag of that is eighty bucks now. So again, just all of the stupid things that you add in order to keep that homeostasis. It's just silly how much money that you can start racking up and racking up and racking up on that. And then you stop and you think, is this even worth it? Is it really? Is this really even making a difference? Like, if I stopped feeding this. Would it make a difference on what I'm seeing here? I, I don't know. But you're afraid to do that. Laura, like, I have my hands, like, up in the air. Like, I'm like, yes, what if we stop, like, the foo-foo dust? Like, we stop top dressing with, you know, uh, beets imported from Japan or something like that. Will it really impact milk production? You know, we're not doing we're not doing the beets from Japan, but that's just an example. Right, yeah, I I don't know. So like right now I'm using a, a, I'm, I'm getting ready to change dairy feeds into a feed that some other uh, breeders around here use that their animals look great and they have great production numbers. I'm like, okay, that's great. But like right now I'm mixing beet pulp and um, alfalfa pellets in with my feed. Well, can I stop doing that? Because that's more expense, but uh, they're milking pretty good right now. So do I want to do that? It's, Ah, oh, that drives me nuts about my goats. I hate that about the goats that that it just seems to be so hard to maintain the condition that I want. And and you know what? Like for me, it's not even about condition. Like my goats can get like these Toggenbergs that I have um, been gifted as a wedding gift from my in laws. Let's just call it that. Like they can look at food and just get fat. Like they're really good at you know having good condition on them. But my biggest problem is like you you make the changes to the dairy feed. You you do what you're supposed to be doing, but the milk production doesn't come. Right. And and to me that's the part that I go bonkers more than anything about. Yeah. And as a lactation consultant, you know, that even drives me even crazier because I think of all the things that I would tell a mom if she told me that she was having problems with her production, and I can't do that with my goats. So it just, you know, it, it really, yeah, that, that makes me hate my goats. I hate I, that about it. Hate it. It's just, it's ugh, just grinds my, grinds my gears there. So, well, I think that dovetails into your number two on your oh list. Oh my God. These, well, I, you know, fanfare hit the nail on the head on Friday there. They're just, <laughs> there's a wasteful animals and, I know that we're pretty fortunate that we have the hay boxes, but again, they still manage to waste feed and, and such there, but it's not just the wastefulness. I mean, we've got goats now like ripping off feed pans. Like who does that? What type of creature does that? Are they bored? I, I They're up on the milk stand. They got food in front of them. They should be eating. Oh, you mean they like rip it off the stand so it dumps on the floor so you've got food on the floor and then of course they won't touch it? Correct. Yeah, I hate that. Correct. And you're like, what is going on? Like, I don't understand this at all. Like, you you should be eating the foods. And then, of course, what you want to do is just say, you know, 
do a, um, a Beauty and the Beast. Fine, then starve. They're gonna yeah. do that. But you're you're like okay, but that's counterproductive because if they don't eat, then they don't make milk. So and, yeah, and then I get more mad. Like I get, yeah. I, get I get upset. Like, mm-hmm. and, and then we so we've got a new rule on our farm that we enacted a couple weeks ago, and it's it's turning okay. Everybody, no matter how many goats there are, or excuse me, I don't know how many are in the group or anything there. 10 minutes. Everybody's going to be on the stand for a minimum number of 10 minutes so they can eat their food. But then we have some goats on some days that, you know, they, they got farted on by another goat or somebody coughed in their face or the wind blew the wrong way and they just don't eat. So they just stand there and snort with their ears back. Yeah. Or like they take a little bite and they're just like, meh. And then they're like, oh, I'm just going to pick out the corn. Like that's another thing too that just some like th- that grinds my gears more than anything. I'm gonna just pick out what I want, and I feel they, they, I feel like I have small children, which they are small and they're not kids. But you know, I feel like I have toddlers like picking out what food they want. So it almost makes you want to go to a total pelleted ration. Correct there, but there's some things that are put into my feed ration that aren't good pelleted. So it's like, okay, what do we do differently than that? But it's not just that. It's it's the mineral feeders, too. Like, you hit the nail on the head with fanfare. Oh. It's a good thing that I love that goat because she almost turned into sausage that day. I was so mad at her. Oh. And I feel that, too. Like, we had, a we had like, this J feeder for, like, we still have it. And I, I hate it. Like, I... Didn't Gronk spiked it, but I like shot put through it the other day because I was so angry um, across my barn. As people, if anybody's listening that knows a good anger management counsel or for livestock, <laughs> just let me know. Um, but but I, like it never stood up. Like the goats would always knock it down. The alpines love to just rub on it, so it, uh-huh. it never stayed up. So we since moved it to the kid pen, and they seem to be better at that. But now we've got those just fence line feeders out, and and those are never really great too. Right, because those are easy to dump over. They're easy to get water in. They're just a pain in the butt. Yeah. Oh, uh, one thing I don't even have my on my list, but I'm going to talk about it right now is: Do your goats love to poop in water buckets? No. You know what? I used to have goats that that was their favorite hobby, but I don't anymore. It's very rare that I have poop in my water buckets. Well, my goats seem to like think it's their personal bathroom. So, Yay. and they do not flush, I will say. Um, <laughs> so, but like they, just the wastefulness of these guys and, and don't even get me started about their crap that they, that they have their, the amount of hay that we, or straw that we use in order to bed it all. That's just crazy to me. Well, the pro, you know, I, I don't mind so much the straw. I get tired of cleaning it out. I don't like to do that. But then what do you do with it? I mean, that's, to me, that's the biggest problem. If you don't have like a manure spreader in a field to spread it on, it piles up. And we have a couple of shit mountains. Oh, poop mountains. <laughs> um, that, you know, the goats think are great to, to climb on. And, and I have one now that has been there for several years that probably is the best compost in the world. Would be wonderful to use for a garden. Um, but, you know, that is just it's just what to do with it. It really is a management problem. Well, and I'll tell you the listeners this, and I'll be pretty transparent about it is like, we run a dumpster for our 
crap cleaning. And I will tell the listeners it cost me $1,300 in order to clean my barn. And it wasn't even all the way cleaned yet with all the crap we had. Woo. Yeah. That's pretty pricey. Yeah. I can't afford to do I can't afford to do that every six months. Wow, yeah. No. Yeah. So we've got to figure out a solution and I have not. It's one of the many things I need to work on, but alas, life gets in the way. Yeah. Amen. That is for sure. Yes. My biggest thing though about the wastefulness of the animals is not just the poop that they create. But then the smell it creates, and sometimes, like, when it gets so gross, it, like, lingers on your skin. Do you ever feel that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, like, when you clean it, when you clean the barn or you work with, like, saturated straw that is, like, urine-saturated, I don't care if it's at a show where you have to clean your pins out or, or in your own barn, it definitely permeates everything about you. Your hair, your hands, um, you, you know buck off soap is always my friend oh. in situations like that because it really does get rid of that smell. Yeah, no, it just everything about some of these animals and their wastefulness. And yes, they do provide milk from their poop and and or not, they provide milk from the other the stuff as well, but again, their waste is just oh, it's awful. It it, it really is there. Yeah, I hear you. I agree. So, Let's see. What is next on my list that drives me crazy? Um, let's talk about when you lose animals from your herd. Because that's something that just takes the joy out of goats, I think. You know, whether whether they're special animals that, you know, got old and passed away or they're sick or you have to make that decision to put them down or there are animals that you had such high hopes for and they just didn't turn out or, or maybe just their time in your herd just needs to be done for whatever reason. It's hard to say goodbye to some of these animals. I agree with that. Um, but I'm also a cold, heartless person. So I, some, I don't necessarily always have the same attitude towards that. Does that make sense? Like the cuts wise, but when I lose a goat, that salts my pretzels more than anything. Yeah, I think I'm just getting old and soft because it seems like the older I get, the the harder it is sometimes to to say goodbye to these animals. And and you know, I think <clears throat> my head tells me you can only have so many in your herd, and do you want a whole herd of geriatric animals that are way past their prime that you can't give the good resources to the younger animals? And and of course, the answer is no because. That's not what I have dairy goats for, but still it's, it's hard to say goodbye. I agree on that. And I think it's, to me, it's like, it's when a goat dies for a stupid reasoning. Like, I don't even know what a stupid reasoning is. Like, like they get their collar caught on something and it doesn't yeah. break for some reason. Yes. That's, that's a stupid reasoning. And that's a goat death there. Does that make sense? Like, yes, only a goat would do. Um, yes. But then there's also like human mistakes as well. Like I missed a symptom or a goat's not progressing enough or, you know what I'm saying there when they're kidding or like, like, um, but we didn't see the, sh- the raging poops happen fast. You know what I'm saying there? Oh yes. Or, or you didn't realize that something that you thought was just the raging poops 
actually was a sign of something much bigger that you should have taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Or or like the year that we stopped you um, vaccinated against enterotoxemia. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like that, that like salts my pretzels more than any, not, not that, but like the, the raging poops just really upset me more than anything there. And this year, it doesn't matter if it was a buck, if it was a doe, if it was a doe kid, if it was a five days old, if it was, you know, 50 years old, the, the raging poops happened. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, like that, I, that, that just frustrates the heck out of me. And I was telling my wife about this, and it only happened when I was there, like when I did chores. Like it never happened when my wife was there. And it hasn't right. happened in about 10 days. So like, I, I'm not, I feel better about it, but at the same time, I'm also like, what, what am I doing wrong to cause that? And that to me is almost the one thing that really upsets me about the ghost more than anything is like, you can never figure out why something happens. No. And, and that makes you even crazier because you don't know how to prevent it from happening next time. Exactly. So like I just I'm I just get blown away on 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 stuff like that. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. So to me like losing a special goat, yes, I understand that with life comes death. Like that is you are always going to have some casualties in the war that is kidding season. Yes. And you are going to lose good men if this was a war. Yes, but at the same time this is the craziness of it all. And uh, the, the circle of life always comes full circle and they left for a reason. And that oftentimes opens a spot for another goat. You're right. Absolutely right. You just have to remember that. So yep. that's, that's how I keep on the positive side. Yeah. All right. So what's your next one, Cameron? I hate the stupid work that goats create. And it's not even like the milking, like that's 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 necessity, but all the extra little things that the goats create. The spilling of grain, the spilling of milk, the cleaning of everything from water buckets to milk lines to feeding pans. It's just to me it's like some of it can be mindless, but also some of it is so tedious that it just drives me bonkers. Yeah, you know, I don't mind, like, I don't mind cleaning the water buckets. Not a real fan of cleaning the land bars or suck buckets, as we call them here, but it's it's a necessary evil. But things that shouldn't have to be cleaned, like the spilt grain or spilt milk, the, that shouldn't happen. So when it does happen, it just, oh, it pisses me off. And I'll tell you on that spilt milk thing, if I'm hand milking, and that doe takes her foot and just kicks over that full milk bucket. It makes me so mad. I want to take the rest of the milk and dump it on the goat's head. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. Maybe I need your anger management person. Oh, God. My anger management person is, is really busy right now. Yeah. I just, I, it, it, it drives me crazy. I don't like that. And, you know, along with that... I hate it when goats get out. Oh my god. Laura, you're 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 speaking to the choir right like you're preaching to the choir right now like uh, right now we have a big the biggest problem right now at my place and my wife doesn't agree with me is the fact that we don't have a controlled traffic pattern for milking. 
Uh-huh. So they have to run about 50 feet across the barn in order to get to it there. Well, goats have ADHD just like Cameron does. And with this ADHD, they get distracted by hay, by a butterfly, by baby goats, by all sorts of other stuff that could happen in my barn there. And then that proceeds Cameron chasing around the goat that doesn't want to be caught because he did not hold her appropriately there from the time. And yes, this is a Cameron problem, but really it's the lack of a control pattern that really just drives me bonkers, but it's the running around and, and making a mess of things that really just makes me go bonkers more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you there. Um, <clears throat> on that note, we have, we have a very smart goat. She's one of my favorites. Her name is Fontaine. So Fontaine is a five-year-old now who acts like she's about five years old, like a five-year-old person, <laughs> kind of ADHD, um, very youthful in the things that she does, but she has, she has learned how to open all of my gates and they're not all the same kind of gates, but she can open every one of them. And the last bastion of keeping Fontaine in was our big um, red tubular metal gate that has a chain that fits around the fence post. And then it goes through a little like tongue. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, snatches it down Fontina has learned how to hold that end of the chain in her mouth and unwrap it and fit it through that little tongue oh wow so the past three days if i'm 20 minutes late going out to milk i hear a ruckus on my back porch and all of the big milkers are up on my deck it's a deck that you have to climb upstairs <laughs> and they're looking in my my window like why aren't you milking this, mom? Mom, mom, it's milk time. Come on, it's time. And Freya, our our Pyrenees dog, is going crazy because she doesn't like her goats being out where they're not supposed to be. So anyway, we've had to had to to fix the Houdini so she can't so she doesn't get out anymore. But that that just reminded me something that I hate about goats is when they get out. So talking about that though. We've got a pen right now, and our latch is – we have these little, like, pull-up lever latches, which is pretty slick, and they're recoiled as well there. But we've got a dry yearling that will reach over into the other goat's pen and pull the latch up for them. So, oh, no. The, and this is where it becomes a problem here is when we're milking, and I've got, you know, I've got two groups in that pen in order to get them out there. I'll go back and I will let all five of them out. I might not latch the gate and the dry yearling comes and opens it. And then the other five are out. Oh. Then I'm, then I'm chasing Bolivia around the barn. Yes, I will. Yeah. If it goes them out, cause she is pain, a pain in my, you know what? Yeah. Um, dry yearlings are the worst too. I agree. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. They, they are terrible. They are a pain. Yeah, totally. A pain, a pain, a pain. So, yes, that's that's that there. So, one of my and this is this is the last one on my list cuz I think we hit the other one. Mm -hmm. I hate varmints, like rats and mice. Now, I know that we're going to have a gajillion listeners who tell me that I need to get a cat 
and I'm not going to because I don't like cats very well. And I've lost goats to toxoplasmosis before, and I just, I just don't want to deal with cats. But I have learned that I cannot keep any grain in my garage or out in my barn now unless I keep them into a chew-proof container because rats will destroy everything. Uh, the girls and I cleaned out our garage yesterday, and um, I discovered that rats had gotten into my um, big plastic container that had my sleeping bags in it that we've taken to shows Mm -hmm. and you would not believe what rats can do to three sleeping bags over the course of a winter oh yeah i think i saw the snapchat of it burning (laughs) did you know they melt (laughs) yeah Yeah, that was was disgusting (laughs) um and they destroyed cots did you know that rats will eat cots like the canvas part of cots I it's did, just, it was know. just appalling. So um, anyway, that's something I hate about goats is that if you have goats and you have feed around, if you're not really careful with it, you're going to have varmints. You're, yeah, I, I 100% agree there on that. And we've got a bigger problem, not, not really a problem because we're using a custom mix. We have, um, we have to, we have to buy a ton at a time. So that creates a whole other problem in itself because we have to have feed around for so long. And then the varmints, right, right, rats, mice, all sorts of stuff on that uh, do know where that grain is. Yeah, that's that's bad. What do you do with it, Cameron? I mean, do you have cats in your barn? No, absolutely not. I hate cats. I okay. absolutely hate cats. And <sighs> I, that's one more thing for me to feed. That's one more thing for me to manage. I live really close to some neighbors. So like having stray barn cats around for them would not be really good um, just for the neighborhood look. Um, so we we just have rat traps in the, in the barn for that. Again, we're not problem solving here, so we're not talking about that. But I can't handle cats. I cannot. Yeah. Nope. Me neither. So, wow. Yeah. So we all we all understand that is just hard. Yes. Yes, on that front. My last one here, because we kind of talked, I touched about it a little bit, and I ranted here. Farm maintenance. And Laura, this is going to get into your big thing, and I want to talk about it specifically here. The milk machine. <gasps> Does everybody have a love-hate relationship with their milking machine? I, I, I hate the milk machine. I hate it. I, I love what it does. does a phenomenal job with what it does. But I hate the milk machine. When the milking machine is working right, it makes my heart sing. I love it. I love watching it work. I love watching the milk go from the machine into the bucket. I love everything about it. But when that milking machine doesn't work, it impacts my entire day. I get obsessive with trying to figure out why it's not working and you know, where, where's my Sherlock Holmes detective abilities here? And I'll switch these lines and I'll trace these lines all the way back to here. And is it the, is it the, um, you know, vacuum line is the problem with uh, the pulsator. What is the problem here? And I, it just drives me crazy. I hate it. Yes. So last week we had my dad's graduation, not graduation party. He's not graduating a retirement party. Um, so we went down there and he's like, Hey, as a retirement party gift, I was like, okay, we weren't going to get you anything, but okay. <laughs> like, 
will you guys go look at my milk machine? Will you have Catherine go look at my milk machine? And we're like, okay, we'll go down there. We'll figure it out type thing. We spent 15 minutes with my brother down there trying to isolate where the problem was. And every single time we tried to isolate it, we could get it up to the correct pressure that it needed to. However, when we put it all together, we could never do it. Oh. So, my dad was hand milking goats. Like all last week, he said, oh, it only took me about 50 minutes. And he's milking 16 by hand. <gasps> God. Yeah. It's a good thing he's retiring. Yeah, so he can milk more goats by hand. No, I think he's got his machines back now after a a, a stint in, in um, the great state of Kansas. So, Did he have to drive it to Kansas to get it worked on? Well, so my brother is from lives in Kansas City. Oh, that's right. That's right. So he can just drop it off. And as much as he hates it, he hates listening to my dad complain more than that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he just oh. dropped machines off there and, and Greg got him working. But um, like farm maintenance to me, like the milk machine, it's always something with the milk machine. The trailer, like we wanted to go to a goat show this weekend. Well, that didn't happen because we didn't have a trailer. So um, like. What's wrong with your trailer? Oh, so you hadn't heard this story. No, um, we, so we had a puppy, puppy was, was decent at puppy's job, but puppy liked to get out of the pen, which was fine. Whatever. No big deal. Good for puppy. But puppy also would get bored. So the puppy decided to rip off all the lights, like all the wiring harness on the trailer. Oh no. Yeah. Yuck. So we had to replace the wiring harness. It was about a, I think it's a 10 year old trailer. So we needed new brakes, obviously too. Um, wheel bearings repacked and all sorts of good stuff on that as well. So we should be getting that back this week. Wow. Well, that's good. That's good that you can get it fixed. Yes. But when you forget about, when you forget about it the week before, like a couple weeks before show season, and you're like, Hey, I need it done. Cause I want to go to a goat show. Everybody's going to goat shows and I'm itching to go to a goat show. Yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, well, and along with that, so uh, while we're talking maintenance, yeah. fences. You can't ever just build a fence and be done with it. Mm-hmm. There's always fence maintenance to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. It, it, to, to, it, also, that drives me bonkers, too, more than anything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, not, it's like you can't ever just be done. Yes. You could never just be done. Like, I just want to be done. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I just want to be done with stuff. Or, like, my thing this weekend was weed eating. I was weed eating the outside of the pens because, you know, the goats don't eat in there. And, yeah, that just that didn't turn out well. Oh, man. So, Cameron, are we at the point that we're just going to, like, walk away and say – is it worth it? Is it worth having? Is it worth it? You know, some days, uh, and I'll be honest with the listeners, some days I, I honestly have that thought in my mind. I really do. Because uh, we spend, and Laura, correct me if I'm wrong here on numbers, three to four hours a day outside. Right. Minimum, minimum three and a half outside with the goats, working on them there. And that's just the normal day chores. So it's, not just that, it's then adding extra stuff on top of it too. Clipping, um, doing hooves, 
um, vaccinating, all sorts of extra stuff there. We were giving the Bucks baths this weekend. Um, so that's one thing as well there. Like, like I think some days, is it worth it there? But then I also think about on the flip side, how much joy the goats bring me. Maybe it's the hum of the milk machine, or maybe it's the, the, the solace of milking goats alone, like the, the peace and the calm in mind when everybody looks good, the beaming sense of pride that it creates when, you know, all your goats are looking good and you're like, yeah, we like, I think me and my wife did this, like we did this, or my dad and I did this, or our family did this. And to me, that makes it all worth it. Right. Or you see that first freshener and you're like, oh my gosh, this breeding that I planned two years ago, look at her. She's like everything that I hoped she was going to be. Correct. Correct. Like I, I think that through, I think that all the time. Or, you know, I think about if, and, and granted, I think anybody that has dairy goats, you see your friends that go on cruises or, you know, a spring break trip to Florida or, you know, name your trip and you think, gosh, I could do that. Oh, if I didn't have goats, I could do that. Yeah. It's easy to focus sometimes on that negative thing. But then I think about, you know, how much of the country that I've seen and how much of the country that my girls have seen because of our involvement in dairy goats. And I think about priceless memories that we would have never shared if we didn't have them. And I'm sure you can look at the same thing. You can think about friendships that you've made and people that you've gotten to know through dairy goats that are important to you. And you wouldn't have known them if it weren't for your involvement with dairy goats. Correct. I think that all the time. And that's, that's a really good point you bring up, Laura. Like we, I I might take for granted a lot of the, the things that the goats have brought me whether it's the opportunity to travel to judge goat shows or opportunity to um, visit with, with friends or have connections across the country or all sorts of stuff there on that. So I, I sometimes really forget that. Yeah. And you know, that I think that piece that comes just like you said, you know, when you're, when you're milking and, and it's quiet in the barn and, and you're not yelling at the milking machine and things are going right, you know, and, and, and you get chores done and you walk back through the barn one last time just to check on everything. And the goats are laying down, not in the death corner, chewing their cud and they're content and happy and, or they're outside eating hay and, and it's just peaceful and beautiful and everybody's quiet because they're all fed and content. And those are the times when I think things are right in the world right now. This is, this is wonderful. This is what it's supposed to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that too. That you're you're very right, Laura. You're very right. So it kind of counterbalances the I hate goats days, right? It does. And when I say I hate goats, I mean I do. So there's some things I do that, that drive me up a wall. And you're going to listen to this podcast and be like, wow, Cameron's probably got a lot of rage. And he, <laughs> he really hates his goats. And you know, if I have a therapist friend, I should probably recommend him to Cameron. But at the end of the day, it – it is all worth it to me at least. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you on that too. I yeah. agree. So on that note, Laura, is there any more reasons why we hate goats? Nope. Nope. Oh, but I did think of one reason that I love them. Okay. That's I, good. Really, I, I really love that 
our involvement with dairy goats has, has allowed us to do something as fun as this podcast. Yeah, I would agree with that. I never, I never would have thought of doing something like this if it weren't for dairy goats and my goat friends. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I do agree with you on that. So, well, Laura, where can our listeners, uh, where can our friends, excuse me, not just listeners, friends, find more information about the podcast? Well, you can find us any place that you can get your favorite bot podcast downloaded. Apple Podcasts is probably one of the easiest ones to get to, but we're also on Spotify and Google. And um, did you know that we're on Amazon too? I did not know that we are on Amazon. Wow, we yeah. are we are just we are part of the e-commerce giant now, Laura. Yeah, so there's lots of places you can find us. Um, we also have a website, and that is at www. What is it, Cameron? I think it's goatgab.weebly.com. That's Weebly. where you can find information on the circuit. We've got a lot of interest in the circuit coming out. Uh, lots of people asking questions. Lots of people asking for, for forms. Um, if you do need a form, feel free to find it on there. Reach out to us as well. We are working on actively getting that updated. Um, I've got to remember the password for that. So um, in due time, we will get that updated. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as always, please give us feedback. We've got some cool things in the works that we're excited about bringing to you all. And, um, again, thank you for spending this week with us, and we hope you have a fantastic week.